Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. All right, we are live with an emergency podcast. Uh, it is day one of free agency. Uh, free agency hasn't officially started yet, uh, but it's already rolling. Uh, tons and tons of deals out there. And of course, uh, big news for the Patriots. Uh, of course, doesn't involve the Patriots, but uh, not good for the Patriots, but bad for the Patriots. J.C. Jackson is signing a five-year, $82.5 million contract with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, and Keegan, me and you were talking about it off air. I've been very vocal about this since the beginning. They effed this up big time, uh, like big time. And he's not even getting uh, – this to me, this contract to me is something that they should have been able to match easily. Yeah, I mean – so we've been through it enough times where you, you got to wait like a half hour to see everything come out, you know, guarantees how much they're getting in the first few years, whatever. Um, so my initial thoughts on it were they absolutely could have afforded that. Uh, they chose not to waiting for everything to come out. I still feel that way in the end. Um, 40 million guaranteed. I, I think it's 28 in year one, which is an ass load of money. Um I would assume, you know, down to brass tacks, his decision-making process was, how much money can I get right now? He was on an undrafted free agent salary, you know, right. throughout three years. He got, what was it, $6 million this this past year to play? He was he was on the, the tender. I think, I think less, um, actually. Yeah, it's, it's $4 million for a wide receiver. I would assume it's right around there for a cornerback. So, yeah. Um, I, I would assume his thought process was, let me get as much money as possible in year year one. For the Patriots, I know they wouldn't have gone 28 in year one, but if you think at Evan Lazar reported that that they offered 17 per, who knows how many years that was for, but 17 million per, they gave Stephon Gilmore 40 million dollars guaranteed in his contract. That was over the course of five years. It was 565. Um, no matter how you splice it, I mean, we're kind of talking in circles because it is so new. But no matter how you you divvy things up, they could have afforded to keep him. Um, it was just a, a matter of, they made the decision. They didn't think he was going to be worth that amount of money in year one and two. Um, it's so he got the quick, the quick money and, and overall, obviously 85, 82 and a half isn't anything to, to sneeze at, but right. Um, right. You know, I believe they could have afforded him. I don't know about you. No, a hundred percent. And again, it's, it, it brings me back to the biggest thing for me is that, you know, walking out of the 2020, 2019 season, Tom Brady leaves you that off season. You're walking into 2020 with, you know, up until June 28th or June 27th, Jared Stidham's your starting quarterback, right? Like, you're going to stink. You know you're going to stink. Like, we're we're in rebuild mode. You just had the defensive player of the year. You, you know, you have Stephon Gilmore coming off defensive player of the year. He wants more money. Guess what? You gave him money from the 2021 season for Gilmore to give him a pay bump in 2020. J.C. Jackson's contract is running out at the end of 2020. He's a restricted free agent. You know this is coming. You know what's happening. You know you're going to stink in 2020. So what do you do? Nothing. 
You just sit there and, eh, we're fine. You know what we should do? Not only are we going to not make a decision on the cornerbacks, we're going to give Joe Tooney the franchise tag. That that sounds like a good plan. That's great. Let's give Joe Tooney the freaking franchise tag so that he walks in 2021 and we get absolutely nothing back for him because we spend a ridiculous amount in free agency. So Tooney leaves for nothing. Great. Good plan. Solid plan all around. And then now Jackson and, and Gilmore have walked. And again, assuming you don't sign a big name free agent, which they probably won't, but they might. Assuming you don't sign a big big time free agent, you get a third round pick in 2023 and a sixth round pick in 2023 total for Stephon Gilmore and JC Jackson. And that is just completely 100% unacceptable. And listen, you know, people might be oh, they'll be fine. Belichick will figure it out. I don't care if he figures it out. Maybe he will figure it out. I, I still think they'll be fine. Defensively, they'll be okay. They're not going to be like, this isn't, you know, they're they're not going to go 6-11 and 11 this year and be terrible. That's not going to happen. They're going to be fine. But it's that's not good enough. Like, you had these assets and you blew it. You had all this opportunity to, to make all this, get assets back for these guys, and you did nothing with it. And you saw it coming. It's not like it snuck up on you. For two years, you've done nothing about it, and now it's going back to bite you in the ass, and it's just completely unacceptable. Yeah, I I tweeted, you know, they mismanaged the entire Gilmore-Jackson situation. You, I mean, you just touched on it completely there. So I, I believe they mismanaged it. You obviously believe they mismanaged it. And people are a little, I think people right now, as he's on his way out the door, they're a little sensitive to that where Bill can't do anything wrong. You know, we've all heard it, but the right. fact of the matter is if you continue to bring people in, no matter what you bring them in for, a big money deal like Gilmore came in for or undrafted free agent with a ton to prove, um, and, and let's let's say this, J.C. Jackson wasn't some bum that they signed. The reason he was an undrafted free agent was because he had off-the-field issues. He was a second-round right. pick. It's just no one wanted, would touch him with the 10-foot pole. Guy, they didn't like they weren't the, they didn't see the vision. Everybody else knew he was going to be a good football player, is whether or not he could stay out of trouble. So he did, he deserves the money that he got. He's played tremendously, but people are a little bit sensitive to the fact that you know Bill can't do anything wrong. But like I was saying, whether you bring somebody in for a big money deal like Gilmore, you get an undrafted free agent like Jackson, you can't continue to squeeze them for everything they're worth and then let them walk. I feel like it's a much worse – we talked about how Belichick used to have the better a year too early than too late mentality where Richard Seymour, he traded. He let Vince Wilfork walk. You know, down the list, tons of people. I think this is so much worse than that where it's like, I'm going to get everything I can out of this player, and then I'm just going to let him leave, and I'm going to get the bare minimum for them that that I'm allowed to get, which is the third-round pick that they might get. Who knows if they go and sign somebody and nullify that. But it, I think it's just such a bad precedent to set where it's like, you know, we're going to bring you in. We're going to get everything we can get out of you. And then you're on your own. You can kind of figure it out from there. Uh, I just don't think it's a great look. That That's a personal view on the, the situation. But yeah. that's how I come out of this stuff where it's like, what what does that say to the players that you're bringing in? I know they don't care about the fans, but what does that say to the fan base? Right. What does it say to your coaches, the, the players on your team? Like, I just – it's a bad look. I don't think it's a good look. That And that's – in the in the long run, no one cares, my opinion on that. I just – I felt that was – that needed to be said because it's just – it's tough. 
I think, I think, no, you're hundred percent right. The Seymour situation is a great example. Like Seymour is a great player, all of fame, hall of, a hall of fame player, obviously. Right. Like he's a hall of famer and deservedly so, but you know, they traded him for a first round pick. Now that first round pick ended up being Nate Solder. He's your starting left tackle for two Super Bowl runs. Right. And you know, you started at right tackle and played in another Super Bowl as a rookie in 2011. So, you know, you start, you start, you look at it and say, like, hey, they got something back for him. Now, Nate Solder, of course, of course, like, you know, not the best player since he's left here, but he was good and productive here while he was here. Malcolm Butler is an interesting situation, but the Butler situation is very different because they're trying to win a championship still, right? They played in three straight Super Bowls. They won in 16. They went back in 17 with Butler on the team. And of course, things disintegrated at the end of the year. But, you know, they're trying to win a championship. They weren't trying to win a championship two years ago. They weren't. Like, they, like that. that's what frustrates me the most. 2020 should have been this rebuild year, and instead it wasn't. It was a reset year, which is fine, but you should have gotten stuff. You should have gotten something back for Gilmore. You should have gotten something or choose between one of the two. Choose between them. And then last offseason, instead of signing him to an RFA deal, say, hey, we're going to give you the big money now. JC, we're going to pay you this this offseason. And then pay him. And now you have him locked up, you know? And instead, they just they let it go to the carpet. And that, that's so frustrating. And like you said, I, I'm in favor of the of the you know year too early as opposed to year too late type of type of approach. Certainly when you look at it compared to this. Like at yeah. some point you can't, you know, it's one thing. I don't mind letting guys play to the end of their contract. Hey, let them play to the end of their contract. They've done it a hundred times with McCordy and with Hightower and with other guys. Hey, listen. We love you. We appreciate you. Go out and see what you can get, and then we'll give you something. You know, come back to us at the end of it. That's not what happened here with J.C. Jackson. I mean, Evan Lazar can report whatever he wants about seventeen million dollars a year. There's no shot that they that they offered him seventeen million dollars a year. There's no chance because if they had this offer gets made, they would have at least been in the ballpark for this offer. This offer is sixteen and a half million dollars a year. Sixteen and a half a year. That's less than seventeen a year for those of you that aren't good at math. It is Pi Day, by the way. But, like, yeah, I'm sure there's more guaranteed money here. But they could have, you know, they could have figured things out if they really wanted to keep him. And ultimately, they just didn't want to, right? Now, whether that's a good decision or a bad decision, my dad's like, oh, he played, like, crap in the Texans game. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, wait. Yeah. You know, good, I, players, didn't. good players aren't allowed to have bad games, so. Right. And, and that's, you know, and I said things, you know, oh, he got beat by Evans. I think one, Mike Evans one time skied over him. And I'm like, oh, maybe he's not the number one. But it's like, no, he gets beat. And then, you know, the, the Ted uh, Ninkovich was talking about, oh, you know, he gets a lot of interceptions because they throw his way. Most number one corners, they don't throw at him. And I'm like, what are we even talking about? So you're saying that they're throwing at him instead of Jalen Mills. That's why he got interceptions. Like, what the hell are we even discussing here? It just it makes no sense. Yeah, the the I think the annoying thing about, kind of the whirlwind of reports that come that have come out in the past week that are going to come out it's that they're conflicting and it's like right. you know obviously somebody's not telling the truth here where one, one person reports i don't want to name names because that's not what we're here to do one person reports that they they offered him a good chunk of change another person reports that they didn't even want him on the team they were right. sick of his attitude they were it's like all right so who's who's making shit up and who's you know who's embellishing right. i would say because i don't think right. either side's right i think no. they wanted to maximize i if i were willing to bet bill belichick had a number in mind this is what this player is worth if he wants more i'm not going to give it to him i'm gonna let him walk that's how he operates personally do i agree with it 
no, but the guys won eight Super Bowls, nine Super Bowls, whatever. Right, right. Who am I to yeah. tell them how to do business? So yeah. that's where we stand on things. Uh, I did want to circle back. You said earlier, um, it, basically it was kind of shit or get off the pot situation where you've got a player in, in 2021 where J.C. Jackson was ascending at that point. He had had one good year as a number two cornerback. You're halfway through that year, and at the trade deadline, you don't do anything. You keep Gilmore, you keep JC Jackson. Within two year or within a year and a half, they're both gone. So right. my opinion is in 2020, when Bill Belichick says this is a reset year, you said it, those were his exact words. He said it, um, you know, wherever he said it. He said 2020 was a reset year for us. Now we're willing to spend more money. This was last year when they spent a ton in free agency. If 2020 was a reset year and you had two players who I don't like to call players assets because they're humans, but that's what they are in the NFL is a business. They're an asset. You have two assets there and you do nothing to, to get anything for him. You got a six round pick for Stefan Gilmore. And then we have to wait and see if they get anything for JC Jackson, depending on what they do in free agency. I would assume they're going to get something for him because they don't have the money to spend big on a free agent. So why in a year where you are admitting that you're not competing for a Super Bowl, that you're trying to get better for the future, do you not maximize on the assets that you have on your roster? I don't understand that. And that's where it comes back to shit or get off the pot. You have a decision to make. You've got to make the right decision. It's so important for the future of the franchise. And they made the wrong decision. Right. Yeah. And really, they made no decision. Right. Like that's that's really what it comes down to is that right. they made the wrong they, move they by not middle. choosing. Right. They just said, oh, no, we'll, we'll just let things play out. And then Gilmore, which we all knew Gilmore wasn't playing for seven and a half million dollars. Everyone in the world knew that. And they said, ah, no, he'll be fine. He'll come and play. And he's like, oh, no, my hamstring still hurts. Oh, my quad. My quad's not feeling good. OK, great. So now you're not going to play. So instead of riding it out for the full year. And saying, yep, great, you'll leave in free agency and we'll get a comp pick from you. We're going to trade you and get nothing in return. They got nothing in return. And again, and I've said this a hundred times, I'm going to keep saying it. Next year, the Carolina Panthers are going to get more in a comp pick for Stephon Gilmore than they gave up to get him in a trade. The Carolina Panthers are going to have traded up to get Stephon Gilmore. <laughs> like, it's just and this like this. They've cut ties with like everybody on the team, Carolina. So essentially, right. They got a half a year of Stephon Gilmore and picks for nothing. Like they, right. you know, they got they got a half year of Stephon Gilmore and a, a I'd say probably a fourth round pick is the the money that he's going to get that that will right. come back to them. And with all the salary that they've cut, that's almost locked in place to where whatever he signs for, they're going to get a comp pick for. So yeah, because they're not they're Gilmore, not signing anyone. Right, you got Gilmore for maybe they trade for Deshaun Watson, whatever. Got Gilmore for a half a year. You got a fourth round pick for a sixth round pick. There isn't a team in the, the world that will that wouldn't take that, right? So it's just just to, to follow a team and see how they've especially the cornerback position kind of mismanaged it in free agency. It's you know, we had a couple comments here where people just say it's frustrating. It's I, I can only imagine how it feels. So um and, and now, by the way, now that JC Jackson isn't on the Patriots anymore, it's no more Mr. INT. Uh, he sucked his entire time here. He was never good. Um, it's going to be a lot of that stuff, uh, man. And it and it's it's frustrating because that's the type of stuff for me where it's like it, it's it's just not it's indefensible, right? 
it's indefensible, right? And so so we got guys like, you know, he's saying, oh, he, he's not a high head off field issues. Yeah, we already talked about that, Patrick. Thank you. But, you know, he's not and a number one corner. And if you're looking for it, it's public information. We're not going to talk about it here. It's none of our right. business. But public information, right. a Google search will tell you everything you need but to know. But he's a number one corner, so people don't throw at him. Oh, except Xavier Howard, who's considered one of the best corners in the NFL. He led the NFL in interceptions in 2020. I well, forgot about that. No, it doesn't include Xavier Howard, though. I'm sorry. that my Tredavious White was second in the NFL in interceptions in 2019. He's not good. Tredavious White stinks. He's bad. Not good. So that's a good point. Stephon Gilmore was was tied with him with interceptions. He's not good either. So, guys, don't pay any attention to those guys. Those guys aren't good. Oh, Xavier Howard again was on the list, 2018. Shoot. No, no, no. Xavier Howard's not good. Not He's not. Oh, Darius Slay. No, he's bad, too. He's bad, too. He led the NFL in 2017. He's another bad player. A.J. Boye was a really good player back then. Jordan Poyer, terrible player. A lot of interceptions. Bad player. Don't, you know, so it's like, don't don't give me this crap. About oh well you know these guys aren't good because like they're not blah blah, blah. stop it stop it yes people say well Trayvon Diggs isn't good because he got a lot of interceptions well ah, I just don't know about that I don't know about that and again yeah, yeah. he you know and and this is my biggest thing right and regardless like I, I think to me the biggest issue I have is this it's not you're not keeping J.C. Jackson because then we can go down the road with Malcolm Butler and Asante so we can go down that road okay. My issue is that you had – 2020, you started off the season with reigned defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore, and J.C. Jackson, who currently leads the NFL in interceptions since 2019. You're starting 2022. <laughs> you're starting 2022 with Jalen Mills as your number one corner. Jalen Mills is your number one corner. I, that, that's the only thing that we need to discuss. Now, maybe Sean Wade – all of a sudden plays really well this year. And it's like, oh my God, the Patriots found another guy. Like maybe that happens, but like Sean Wade, uh, Sean Wade, Jalen Mills is your number one cornerback right now. And, and we think that that's okay. And like, we know they're going to make moves. They're going to add a cornerback. Sean Wade, Jalen Mills and Joan Williams aren't going to be there. There are three outside quarterbacks. Heading the season. We know that. Right. But there was a ready-made decision to be made on, on jc jackson you chose not to and when when you go back to, like if we're going to talk patriots cornerbacks and not paying them let's talk all of them right so you had malcolm butler who was a really good player in new england didn't work out when he left right uh asante samuel same situation we had somebody bring both of them up you have a player who you know works in your system who's played phenomenally both of them were pro bowlers in the patriot system didn't get paid didn't work elsewhere if you just signed them and kept them in your system where you know they played well, maybe they continue to play well. Like I don't think that it was just a flip of a switch and they sucked all of a sudden. It was because they weren't playing in a system that works. And right. you could go the other way and say, you know, just bring somebody else in and work in that system. Tell me about 2008 through 2013 when they had the worst secondary in the NFL because they couldn't find a good cornerback. That's just that's just the fact that what happened like what the truth is is when the patriots have good cornerbacks in their system they become great cornerbacks when they have great cornerbacks they become elite top of the line defensive player of the years candidates that's what the patriot system is but when they have bad cornerbacks you don't just turn into a good cornerback it's right. you're you're not able to take that next step because you're not a good football player that's the truth you can go back and look at every corner they've had under belichick and it lines up it's Let's let's not just act like the Patriots right. always make the right decisions and that the players are only good because they play for the Patriots or that all of a sudden they sucked after. 
if you if you take context into this situation, into all of these situations, there are decisions to be made, and most of the time, they've made bad decisions. I would say Malcolm Butler, that was a good decision. They ended up, they had Stephon Gilmore. J.C. Jackson rose to another level that, you know, they were able to grab him after Malcolm Butler left. They've made right decisions. They've made wrong decisions. This decision, J.C. Jackson leaving, was the wrong decision. Right. And, and, and listen, again, to me, it comes back to the situation that you're in. You want to criticize them for Asante Samuel and letting him go all the way and not – that's fine. Asante Samuel's last year here was 07. I feel like they were trying to win a championship in 07. They were kind of – they were like, hey, we have a chance to win another championship, so let's bring him in. Even if that means we lose him next year, fine. It doesn't matter. We got to try to win with this guy. Malcolm Butler's last year was 2017. They were trying to win again. And so, again, it's like, hey, we'll let this guy play all the way out. Now, should they have traded Malcolm Butler before the 2017 season? Probably, since they had just given Stephon Gilmore a massive amount of money. They probably should have traded uh, you know, Malcolm Butler and gotten something back for him. But they didn't because they said winning a championship is more important than getting assets back for a player that can help us win this championship. So th- that's that's the real issue for me. Okay, And, again, we can talk about the defense ultimately is going to be okay. They're ultimately they're going to be fine, right? J.C. Jackson is going to go to L.A., and he's probably going to be pretty good. He's probably not going to be the best cornerback in the league, but he's probably going to be pretty good. Probably not as good Which as he, he was here was in New England. In the first place. Right, right. Probably not as good as he was here in New England, but he's probably going to be pretty good. But are the Patriots going to really struggle? I don't know. Probably not. They're going to figure it out somehow. But that doesn't mean they didn't screw this up because you could have been sitting here with a first-round pick for J.C. Jackson or a second-round pick for Stephon Gilmore or both. And so that's the situation where you say, hey, we need wide receivers. You're right. You know what would help us get another wide receiver? An extra first-round pick this year. That would have helped quite a bit to get a wide receiver. But we don't have that because we didn't get anything back for either J.C. Jackson or Stephon Gilmore. And again, maybe they'll get a third-round pick back next year. Maybe. Assuming they don't sign anyone this, this offseason. But I don't know. Maybe Jarvis Landry comes in. Maybe they sign someone. Who knows? Maybe they give pay, pay a decent amount of money to DJ Shark. I don't know. Right? But the fact is, is that they had an opportunity to get stuff back for these guys and didn't. And that is a mistake. And and listen, if Bill decided that he doesn't want to pay J.C. Jackson $17 million a year, fine. If that's his decision, I got no problem with that. Because he knows his room better than I do. And if he feels like J.C. Jackson isn't worth that money, I'm okay with that decision. But if he knew that and thought that, why the hell did you let it get to this point? Because you were never going to pay him anyways. He was never going to be getting anything remotely close to like less than that. You want to pay him $12 million a year. That wasn't happening. After 2019, that wasn't happening. So it was like, what, what are we doing here? Just trade him. And they refused to do that. So to me, they screwed it up. However you look at it, they, they messed it up. Yeah, I so. I think we got to everything. Uh, we're not going to do a Q&A today, unfortunately. <laughs> don't have the time. But, uh, you know. Well, in a sense, actually, the question. Have... No, the question was about when's the last time, you know, a, a player was traded for a decent amount. Darius Slay was just traded, wasn't he? Wasn't he just traded for like a, a fairly high draft pick, I believe? Was he not? Yeah, I don't know what the, the compensation was. Uh, yeah. I guess third. Uh, I guess third and a fifth. So still not great, yeah. but better than better than nothing. And he had and he had a his contract was running out. So third and the fifth for Darius Lay, who's like fine. 
Yeah. I mean, he played in Detroit. So also, he was in I, Detroit. Believe, I believe he's on the, the back half of 30, or he just turned yeah. 30. So uh, four years, five years older than J.C. Jackson. Um, right. I think we got to everything. I mean, we've been doing this for weeks at this point. It was like this, the season ended, and we've been talking about J.C. Jackson. So uh, right. Right. I, in a sense, I'm glad it's over. I, I'm happy for J.C. Jackson. I think kind of the story of his career in New England is a really fun one. He, he came in, immediately became a team, like a locker room favorite. You had guys like Matthew Slater and Devin McCourty. They loved him as a rookie yep. with that 18 team. Um, so I'm happy for him. You come in as an undrafted free agent with a ton to prove. You did it. You got a ton of money for it. Um, so I, I'm happy for him. The Chargers got a good player. The AFC West is ridiculous. They've got some of the best players in the NFL on like every team. That defense is going to be super fun to watch. Derwin James, J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. The list goes on and on. Um, but I, I think we've touched on everything, right? We we got, we said all we need to say. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I will say you mentioned Slater. Obviously, Slater and D- the other the other newsworthy stuff today is that Slater and D-Mac are both back on one-year deals. Uh, yes, Brian sir. Hoyer signed a two-year deal, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, at this point, Hoyer, I love the Hoyer signing because at this point he's essentially a good coach. And and right. so you know that's that's one of the things to me where I look at it and say, do that for Mac because help Mac out, uh, you know, and, and and help him out with another guy in the locker room with him to help out. Um, I like it, you know, I like it. And so and you know, yeah. and so we'll see what what ultimately happens. But McCordy Slater, those are guys that you have to have in the locker room, um, you know, that are that are vocal leaders, that are leaders on the field and off the field. So uh, I love having those guys back. We'll see what happens with Hightower and or Bentley. Um, those probably won't be day one guys anyways. So we'll kind of see where they now, go. Multiple um, days to figure all that stuff out. You would um, think. You would think. Yeah. So to wrap up day one, it was Brian Hoyer for two years back to New England. Slater, McCourty for one year. James Ferentz, the numbers haven't come back. I don't think anybody cares about what the numbers are. But solid backup, a guy that everybody seems to like. Um, yep. So all four of those players are back. J.C. Jackson and Ted Karras signed with. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, three years, eighteen million. Love Deserves that for it. I'm, I'm happy yep. for him. Yeah, uh, he gets to go to a, a good offense and be kind of the missing piece because the interior of that offensive line is the worst that I've well, ever. Well, and they seen, signed. So. They also signed uh, the kid from uh, from Tampa as well. Um, the hell right, is his Kappa, name? Alex Kappa. Kappa, Alex Kappa. Yep, yep. So, Karras and Kappa Joe in the, in the middle there. A good day for Joe Burrow. Um. I think that'll do it on day one. If anything else yeah. comes out big, I hope it doesn't. I've got things to do. But uh, <laughs> if anything else comes back big, I'll be back. Maybe Pat will be back. It's up to him. But uh, Yeah, we'll be back at some point. I'll be back. I'm around all night. So yeah, all day, so, all night. Not all day, but hopefully, all night. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that's tomorrow at some point. We'll yeah. be able to come back and talk about whoever to the Patriots right. and or then, whoever away from the And Patriots. then we'll we'll be live again. Spags is out this week, but we'll be live again on the Patriot Nation podcast on Wednesday night. Probably a little bit later. I got parent-teacher conferences on Wednesday. Um, so it'll probably be a little bit later, probably like 9, 9.30, somewhere around there. Um, but we'll be back for that to kind of do a whole day one wrap, well, official day one wrap on on Wednesday. Um, and then uh, and then we'll go from there. By the way, no contact with any agents or and players before the the noon deadline. Um, right. You know, that first that first deal came in at 12.02, like, the work to get that deal done in in ninety seconds was unbelievably impressive. Unbelievably impressive. So uh, you know, 
really impressed by that. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> the, I mean, it's just the NFL so stupid. I hate the sport. I really do. It's the worst. So uh, we'll end That's on great. that. The NFL sucks. Yep. JC Jackson, the Chargers. Bill Belichick <laughs> can do no wrong. <laughs>